Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. Good morning. How is everyone? Good. If you're joining on the live stream, I'd like to welcome you. And for those of you in here in the building, welcome to Sunday morning. My name is Emily Snyder. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm on the preaching team here at the Vineyard. And my husband, Dusty, and I and our three kids have been uh, part of this community for several years. So uh, I'm excited to be here this morning. And I feel like the Lord has a really kind word for us today. So uh, we are a few weeks past Easter. Okay, Uh, so if you're like me, you may have some Easter decorations still lurking in your house somewhere. Okay, Uh, also, you've put your Easter dresses away. I know my daughter's Easter dress is just shoved in the back of her closet where I told her not to put it. Okay, Um, also, hopefully, if you have kids, you've pilfered through their Easter baskets and taken the good candy I hope you've done this. I'm going to give you a little pro tip about Easter candy. Uh, The best Easter candy, and we're not going to debate this, okay? The best Easter candy is the little Reese's eggs. So what you do is you take those and you put them just in the back of your freezer, all right? Forget about them until a hot day in August when you need to be reminded of what cold air feels like, you open the freezer, you just like stick your face in, and you're going to come eye to eye with that Easter egg, and you're going to be like, yes, oh, I listened to Emily, and this is the best little sweet, delicious treat. Okay, so log that away for next year, because I'm sure you've eaten it all by now. Okay, also, public service announcement. If you still have leftovers from, you know, Mima's Easter lunch. You can throw those away. Okay, you don't need you don't need those in your refrigerator anymore. Don't do that to yourself. Just toss them. Okay? So we may be a few weeks out from Easter, but are we ever really like done with Easter? You know what I mean? Uh we may not have much in common with the early church, but what we do have in common is that we are living in a world where the resurrection has happened and the Holy Spirit has come. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning a little bit. Uh, Right now in the life of the church, though, uh, we're in that period between the resurrection and Pentecost, or the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Some people call this the birthday of the church. Uh, We're going to actually be in the book of Acts this morning. So just a really quick review. Acts 1, Jesus ascends. He goes back up into heaven, and he tells everybody, just hang out. Help is coming. Acts 2, help comes. The Holy Spirit comes with, like, actual fire, okay? Uh, And the early church starts growing. The news starts spreading about what Jesus did, and the church begins to grow. And we're going to pick up in Acts Chapter 3. So can you put that up on the screen, please? All right. We're going to read we're actually gonna read quite a bit today. We're going to read the first 16 verses. And this is the story of Peter healing a crippled beggar. So here we go. 
Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them, obviously, for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. And the lame man looked up at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly not just healed. I love this, but strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. And they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, sounds fancy, uh, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So Peter saw his opportunity, as he does, and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what's so surprising about this? Why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses to this fact. Last verse. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Okay, I love this story. There's a lot there. Uh, But Before we get too far into some of the meatier stuff, I need to know if anybody learned a song about this story as a kid. Raise your hand. Yay! One. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, yes. I took a sample size of one this week. I asked my husband. I said, hey, I'm going to be preaching about, you know, the story. Did you sing a song about it as a kid? And he was like, maybe. And then I sang it. And he goes, no, I don't. I don't, I don't know that song. So I'm going to sing it for you guys. Are you ready? Pretend we're in kids' church. Here we go. It goes like this. Silver and gold have I none. Okay. This next line is a real doozy for a four-year-old, which is how old I was when, we, when I first learned it, because we're going to throw in some KJV language. Here we go. Okay. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Okay, that took me till I was like nine. I was like, oh, I, okay, okay. Um, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Does anybody know this song? Good, okay. And then this is the fun part for the kids because they get to walk and leap. He went walking and leaping and praising God. Okay, you guys get it? Loved this song as a kid, loved it. I'm going to be honest with you. 
that's about as much as I had ever delved into this story <laughs> beyond that. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's a great foundation, right? We remember things from four that we maybe don't remember when we went to Bible college. And that's, uh, that's important. Okay. There's a lot going on in these 16 verses. And when I went to, you know, do some preparation, I started typing. I was type, 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 typing. And then I read it, and it was like a rabbit trail. Like, bing, 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 bing. And I thought, I need to focus on, like, one thing. So we're just going to talk about one thing today. That'll work? Okay. You're welcome. Uh, what I really want to hone in is on this particular truth, that the Holy Spirit is an includer. If you don't hear me say anything else this morning, which I hope you do, because we're not done yet. But if you don't hear me say anything else this morning, the Holy Spirit is an includer, and the Holy Spirit includes you. I want to start with that, though, and work backwards a little bit. The Holy Spirit is an includer because Jesus is an includer. So I have this little app on my phone. It's called Lectio 365. And what it does is just like a 10-minute devotion every morning or like whenever you want to listen to it. And then 10 minutes in the evening. I'm lucky to get done through one throughout the course of my day. Um, But this week I was listening to it and I gave a great example of how Jesus is an includer. Now, we know, like when we read the Gospels, Jesus is saying this all the time. I didn't just come for you. I came for everybody. I didn't just come for you. I came for everybody. I didn't just come for the good people. I came for everybody. But he also gave this message through his actions as well. So we're going to look at one thing today that came up in my little app and I thought was very relevant. So of course, we all know the story of the feeding of the 5,000, right? There's a bunch of people Jesus uh, is preaching and speaking and teaching. They're hungry. He has compassion on them and wants to feed them. And so they do. They make it happen, right? Uh, You've got the loaves and the fish, and it miraculously multiplies. And there's enough for every man and his family, and then some. But just a few chapters later, he does the same miracle again, the feeding of the 4,000. And I'll be honest, that's always kind of struck me as odd. Okay, so in the book of John, John says, you know, uh, at the very end, if we wrote everything that Jesus did, it would fill up, you know, no book in the world could contain what he did. Well, then why are there two, like, repeat miracles included in the Bible? (laughs) Like, I don't get it. Uh, And the more I looked into it, the more I studied, uh, it's because location is key. So the feeding of the 5,000... Jesus was in a mainly Jewish region, so he was taking care of his own people. In the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus was in a primarily Gentile region. He was taking care of outside people. And this is because Jesus is an includer, and he includes people with compassion. He sees their need even just like the basic bodily need of I'm hungry and makes a way to feed them. In our story this morning, we find that because the Holy Spirit is an includer, we can receive. And because the Holy Spirit is an includer, we can also give. 
We're going to talk just about those two basic concepts, receiving and giving. So the Holy Spirit includes the unincludable, basically those of us who are operating outside the conventions of our community. We've all been there at some point. In this story, uh, we see this with a man who is sick. Sometimes we don't really know how to approach sick people. Uh, whether they have the flu, and you're like, I like, don't want to approach you. <laughs> uh, or whether they're like just very sick all the time, and we just like don't know how to help, right? Um, the man in Acts chapter 3, he had been crippled his whole life. So he wasn't just kind of sick. He was like very sick and was not going to get better. Uh, one commentary I read about this passage was actually very interesting. Um, charitable giving in that time was actually particularly like blessed if it was done uh, in the vicinity of the temple. So it's not just that this man, you know, happened to be there because like that's where they plopped him. Uh, he was there because their chances were better of him receiving enough money to survive. Does that make sense? And when he asked Peter and John for money, he had just been doing what he had been conditioned to do his whole life because he had been sick his whole life. His expectation was that they would give him more money. Uh, but what Peter and John saw was a man whose life needed intersecting with the Holy Spirit. And here's the good news. No amount of sickness was going to exclude him from that because the very one who could heal him had already conquered death. That's really good news. And I want to point something else too. You know who else was able to receive during this encounter? The whole community. So the reason I included, you know, through verse 16 in our reading today is because... Not only did the man receive healing, but then Peter turns around. Adam referenced this last week. Peter, you know, in these um, first couple chapters of Acts, he preaches these sermons to the people, and here's what, they, here's what he says. Jesus was the Messiah. You all killed him. You. Okay. Yikes. Uh, he won anyway. He came back to life, and here's what he wants to do. Here's what's coming for you. It's forgiveness. Yeah. So the community was also able to receive from this work of the Holy Spirit. And the book of Acts is filled with stories of outsiders receiving from the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. You've got Gentiles. You've got Samaritans. You've got a sorcerer. That's an interesting story. You've got uh, eunuchs. And you've got one very well-known murderer and persecutor, the early church. The Holy Spirit includes us. And because of that, we can receive. That's good. On the flip side of that, the Holy Spirit includes us. And out of that, we can give. Okay? I kind of read verses 4 and 5 as Peter being like, look at me. Do I look like I have any money? <laughs> Not in an unkind way, but I felt that way. Like, I don't, I don't have anything. I'm so sorry. Um, Peter and John weren't excluded based on the fact that they had nothing material to give. In fact, what they did do was remain faithful to what they had. Such as I have, give I thee. Right? 
Um, honestly, not having things is basically the definition of inadequacy, right? I experience this a lot at home. I've got three kids, two of whom can actually speak. And they want things all the time just on a whim. And we don't have them. So here's some examples for my week. I'm sorry. I, I don't have five more rolls of tape for whatever project you're trying to do. I don't know why I don't have, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry that we don't have blue sprinkles for a project you're wanting to do that does not involve food. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I don't have that. I actually, even in these very silly examples, I feel pretty inadequate. I feel like I don't have much to give in my home. And I just use that because that's an example of my daily life. I stay home with my kids. Think about your daily life, whether you go to work, whether you go to school, whether you stay home or whatever you do. It's sometimes easy to allow our inadequacies or what we lack or what we don't have to be right in the forefront of our mind as we're walking throughout our day. Whether it's tape and sprinkles or money or time or talent or resources. Uh, but here's my question today. What if instead of focusing on what we don't have, we remember that what we do have, the power of the Holy Spirit, we have in absolute abundance. How would it change the tone of your day? If you knew that going throughout your day, yeah, you may not have, you know, tape and sprinkles or whatever, but you do have the power of the Holy Spirit, and you can be faithful to give that freely. We are not given a portion of the Holy Spirit that's in direct correlation with our bank account, with our talent, with our time, or other resources. And in that way, we are included in the act of sharing the Holy Spirit again and again and again. I want to live more into that this week and throughout my life. Something else Peter and John had was compassion. The uh, text tells us that they looked at the man intently. And we know because they've been following Jesus, we could look at the way that Jesus approached people, that he approached them with compassion. N.T. Wright says this, the closer we are to Jesus, the more likely it is that he will call us to share the work of compassion healing, and feeding, bringing his kingdom work to an ever-widening circle. We're included in that work. And here's the, the key part here. So things work together. You've heard this phrase, like sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the, the bug. Yeah. Sometimes I'm the one in need of healing. Sometimes I am just the one in survival mode outside the temple gates. Sometimes I am called to be the one faithful with what I do have to extend that welcome and inclusion of the kingdom of God to people in need. You're never ever going to be just one or just the other, which is really good news. Because that means you're not always going to be the one in need. 
Sometimes it's really bad news. Because I mean, sometimes you're going to be the one in need, right? The important thing this morning to remember is that the Holy Spirit includes us in that work. We can give because the Holy Spirit is a giver. We can receive because the Holy Spirit gives things to us. And we're welcome to do that this morning. Both of those are acts of inclusion by the Holy Spirit. So just a few questions going forward. Like I said, we're just, we're just looking at one thing out of this passage this morning. Are you in somewhat of a survival mode? Are you in need this morning? I think you're in the right place if you are. Does your life need intersection with the Holy Spirit? And by that I mean, often when we have a need, he will meet us in it. We do not have to get up if we're not able to. That man was not able to stand up and the Holy Spirit met him where he was. And here's the other question I have. It's really simple. Do you feel excluded? Because if you do, that's fine. But you don't have to stay that way. Because Jesus is an includer. And we want to pray for you this morning. So I'm going to have um, Matt and Liz come back up. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.